This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and the coronavirus, managing work and kids at home. This is actually a sequel to uh, our show last week, which was basically insights on working at home. That was just for the working uh, individuals out there. Uh, and today we're talking about that and managing the kids. And with us in our virtual studio is Dr. Sharon Saline. Before we get into the meat of our show, real quickly, our, our program is being uh, brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And in celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away some free digital copies of Attention Magazine. In order for you to get your copy, all you have to do is listen to our show. I'll share with you a secret word a few times. Uh, write it down. Listen to another show. Uh, listen for that secret word. Write it down. And all you have to do is just send me an email with those two secret words uh, at attention, attentiontalkradio.com. That, the email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And when I get it, we'll uh, get you a current PDF copy of Attention Magazine, and then we will send you the next one that is printed when that takes place. Um, also, it's early in the process. This coronavirus is hitting the United States. But as of right now, we're assuming this is all going to be taken care of, and the 2020 Annual International Conference on ADHD will be on. It's November the 5th to the 7th in Dallas, Texas. Um, if you have not been to an ADHD conference, you need to go. You need to hang out with your tribe. Uh, we pride ourselves on quality content and attention talk radio, um, but we really can't replicate the experience of the conference where you're walking around meeting people. Um, there's a lot of great stuff that you learn from the presenters, but uh, as I say, most of the learning comes always uh, talking to other people with ADHD, talking to the presenters after they're presenting, et cetera. So uh, it's, uh, I encourage you to start looking at your calendar um, and to learn more, go to chadd.org. Uh, okay, Chad's got a little tip that we're going to play, so we're going to roll that tape and we'll get into the show. So here we go. Managing finances can be a challenge for people with ADHD. The symptoms of procrastination, disorganization, and impulsivity can contribute to your financial woes. One way to help is to create a financial timeline that shows your money management tasks. Break down your lists into daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly categories help put you on the right track. To learn more about money management, visit chad.org. Thanks again, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to become members or to donate to them. They are the ones that we work with to speak with the unified voice on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies so that... Uh, we can get uh, much needed and fought for accommodations and help for those with ADHD so they can thrive. To become a member or to donate, again, check out their website at chadd.org. Okay, let's get into the show. Uh, with us tonight is uh, Dr. Sharon Saline. Uh, she's a licensed clinical psychologist in private practice working primarily with children, adolescents, college-aged adults, and families for the diagnosis, treatment, and intervention of ADHD, learning disabilities, and mental health issues. She is the author of the forthcoming book, What Your ADHD Child Wishes You Knew, Working Together to Empower Kids for Success in School and Life. She graduated cum laude from um, 
Brown University, received her master's degree in psychology from New College of California, and obtained her doctorate in psychology from the California School of Professional Psychology. She is a frequent speaker around the country and even really around the world, writer for a columnist for uh, Attitude Magazine, among others. You can learn more about her by going to her website, uh, Dr. Sharon Saline, and that's spelled S-A-L-I-N-E. You can also find her at her Facebook page um, at facebook.com uh, forward slash D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-I-N-E. And with that, Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you, uh, Jeff. It's great to be here. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's not great that we're dealing with COVID-19, but I always love the opportunity to talk with you. So uh, for that yep. reason, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm grateful. Um, uh, Sharon, everybody reached out to me literally just a couple of days ago in the thick of all this and said, hey, let's collaborate and do this. And uh, I'm like, OK, let's jump on it. Although I want to start this thing off by um, often I think you go listen to podcasts or you go listen to some experts and you're looking for sage advice as if all your troubles and woes are going to go away. And uh, I want to tell everybody out there I'm a parent. Um, I've been a parent for a long time. I don't think there's any easy fix to being cooped up in your house with a bunch of kids where you're managing work and school and all that type of stuff. But what we're here today is to talk about some insights to see if we can give you some ideas of how to relieve the pain and stuff. So at least from my perspective, I think this is just hard, downright hard managing the dynamics of all this stuff. Um, and the idea is to make it as easy as we can. Um, you share the same sentiments, Sharon? Absolutely. I agree. I mean, I, I think we can't, we don't want to sugarcoat this. We want to start off from a position of, of true empathy and compassion. I also am a parent. I happen to have a college age student who's returned home very unhappily. And it's not, it, it is very challenging to be together. Um, we're lucky we have a house. We have different rooms people can go to. I think for those of you who are listening who live in an apartment, it's especially a tough. Um, if you live in a city where you can't get out as easily, you know, there's not a, a yard there, you can send your kids outside to just mess around. Um, so I, I just want to say to start off, this is there's a lot to juggle. And many people, you know, I've spoken to many people this week, people are exhausted just because our, it, it, it takes a lot of energy to, to, to adapt to this and to cope. You know? And so let yourself be tired, sleep as much, when you need, get good nights of sleep at night or take a nap, um, maybe have a rest time in the family schedule. Um, so give yourself some time for your brain, your body, and your spirit to adapt. Absolutely. I, I, very, very well said. So um, I guess to begin this, this off, I want to share with you some, some of my thoughts here, Sharon, and get your thoughts. When I was growing up, particularly with ADD, um, energy was a challenge in a very confined area. And I literally remember uh, living in Virginia a couple of times, and the weather would be bad outside, like be snowing and kind of whatever. We'd be cooped up in the house. My mother would literally lock me out of the house. And if she would do dishes, she'd make me run around the house 50 times. Um, and I, it's funny, I did for a long time because she would watch me run by the window until I figured that out. And then I would run by the window and then I would kind of crawl under the window and then like wait and go buy it until she figured out I was going too fast. <laughs> but the point really is, is exercise and getting out and kind of burning some of that energy, particularly if you have an ADHD family, is I think really, really, really kind of important because if you don't let that go, it's going to kind of explode. What are your thoughts on that? 
I agree. One of the things that um, we talked a little bit about uh, before we started today was creating some kind of daily schedule for your family um, to that, that replicates in some way what kids are accustomed to at school. And that would include at least two exercise periods per day. And so whether you can get outside or not will determine those types of, of movement. If you're stuck inside, I would encourage you to perhaps um, blow up a balloon and try to play volleyball. Um, I, I maybe do, uh, if you have a version of Twister or you could make some sort of version of Twister, uh, do 15 minutes of yoga, turn on some music that your kids like, even if you don't, and just let your, you know, shrug your shoulders, do some squats, march in place, you know, get the body moving. Ideally, freestyle dancing. Can go out. Excuse me. Sorry. It's like freestyle dancing. Just anything to get moving exactly. in the house and kind of get going. Even to do it as a family, so that everybody's kind of getting through that stuff. Because I've done a lot of speaking on exercise, and it's 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 a challenge by yourself, but numbers makes it a heck of a lot easier. I totally agree, and that's why I think we have to put those blocks into the schedule. Together, we're gonna, you know, do some dancing. This is, or this yep. is our movement time. This we're gonna go outside and shoot some hoops. Um, whatever it is, you know, make blocks of time where that's gonna happen, and then add some just free run around the yard time if you have a yard. If you don't, go outside, walk around the block. You know, get your kids on their bicycles around the block while you hope could bike with them or um, walk with them. But having movement is critical right now for everybody's sanity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, just some other ideas, again, just dancing all over the place, jumping rope, uh, sit-ups, push-ups. Those are easy, kind of boring. Maybe hopscotch. Um, my mother mm-hmm. had an idea where you just take a bunch of socks and you kind of twist it around and you kind of throw it um, and you can get like a wiffle ball bat. You actually play baseball because that socks, unless you've got a lot of antiques, likely not going to hit something. Um, run, doing wind sprints up and down a hallway if you've got the room for that. Um, hallway soccer if you need that. Another one is uh, if you've got little kids, just fun time where they play that game of freeze tag while they're on their knees. Um, just anything to kind of get them out and get that thing going. Those are just ideas to kind of like kind of pull that stuff together. So when we're talking about a schedule um, of school, that includes actually the morning routine, actually getting up at an alarm and, and hitting the day. Is that is that something that you'd recommend, Dr. Sloan? Right. So what I would suggest, I mean, this is a time kids are going to want, older kids, particularly uh, teens, and, and uh, are going to want to sleep in. So t- sit down with your kids and say, look, we need to come up with a daily schedule. Let's pick a time that you need to be up by. Some kids, actually, their school is starting. Their online school is starting at the time the school normally starts. So that will set the schedule for you automatically. Some schools are just doing, uh, you know, schools are adjusting moment by moment here. Some schools are just sending out assignments, in which case your child can do those at any time during the course of the day. So that will determine it. But in general, you know, trying to get your kids up for sure by 10 in the morning. You know, one family said, I need you to be up by 9 because I have to go to virtual work by 9. So we have to have breakfast. So whatever it is that's a schedule that works for you and your child, Put that down and, and decide on the wake-up routine, you know, an alarm, uh, a parent reminder, 
Um, and, and if your kids take medication for ADHD, that they take their medication. This is not a good time to implement a medication break. It, yep. There's too much um, stimulation at home, disappointment, big, you know, uh, uh, I, whatever, a disconnection from friends, adapting to doing schoolwork when parents aren't teachers and they don't necessarily have special education tools at their fingertips. So make sure your kids take their meds. And then after breakfast, do a work period, a schoolwork period right away, because that's when their brains are freshest and they're yep. most likely to cooperate. Absolutely. Then snack, then snack and maybe, um, you know, an exercise period, lunch, and then a second work period. And then after that second work period, it's free time. You know, perhaps I would again put in some exercise outdoor time, and that would be a good time for kids to just do whatever they want to do. One family I work with said that they, can have, they have to have an hour of free time that's not screen time. And so that would be project-based activities, cooking, art, um, you know, uh, any kinds of, of, of home activities that your kids may be interested in but have been not putting off. Maybe one girl I said, said I, she thinks she's going to try to play around with her dad's guitar and teach herself some guitar. I mean, that's, that's a high, a lofty goal. We'll see if that happens. So what are some things that your kids can do that aren't screen-based? It's good to have an hour of that as well. And then... Save the screen time, parents. Save your kids what, what I call, you know, goofing around on the screens, whether it's gaming, whether it's social media, um, whether it's, you know, Zoom conversation, FaceTime or Zoom conversations with their friends for when you as the adult need coverage, okay? And you, you probably can expect that you're going to have to increase your daily screen time limit. So if you're a family where free screen time is an hour a day, it might be reasonable to have it be two hours a day right now. Yep. Know, the local yep. pedia, pediatric practice in my town said, this is a time to sort of relax some of your limits and let your kids know it's an exception. This is not yep. the new normal when things go back to normal. Yep. This is what we're doing right now. I tell you what, I want to, I want to kind of, continue with that in a second but first i need to really kind of go to break and i encourage you to see uh sharon's website at d-r-s-h-a-r-o-n-s-a-l-i-n-e and her facebook page it's facebook.com forward slash d-r-s-h-a-r-o-n-s-a-l-i-n-e i spell that out just so that you get the spelling of it right our secret word tonight is well like living well feeling well again our secret word is well and with that we'll be right back after these messages your life your world your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents. And Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. 
Learn how you can change the lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We're having a, uh, an engaging conversation about the real uh, challenges of uh, managing the world these days at home with your kids, um, giving you a little bit some thoughts and some tips and some mindsets to uh, kind of work with. Um, Sharon, one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk to you about where I think that you have a lot more experience in this than I do, but my general sense is is when kids are having to do online school, particularly maybe middle schoolers, they're not quite accustomed to that. And many times I always noticed or, or I've coached parents where their kids um, are, are doing schoolwork, that these kids need to be verbal, they need to have parents around, they need company in that room in order for them to stay on course. And that can be quite a burden in these situations. Is, is, is that a reality? Is that just, it's just something I'm kind of conjured up? And if so, it sounds to me like this is a very difficult area if you've got to be with your kids and kind of keep them company or kind of keep them on task when you've got things to do yourself. Thoughts? It, it is difficult. So what I, when, when we talked in the, in the first segment about uh, work time in the morning and work time in the afternoon, I would encourage parents to call that family work time. So you sit down with your computer and your kid sits down with their work. You're doing stuff and they're doing stuff so that they understand that this means business. It's not a time for them to, you know, kind of goof around while they're sort of doing schoolwork. This is a time for everybody to do what needs to get done. It's what I call the have-tos. And we, ha- we, want to do, we want to accomplish those have-tos before we move into our want-tos, i.e. free time, screen time, um, running around, whatever your want-to is. Um, so it, it is critical for parents to be there. I think it's also important to talk with your kids, you know, how long can you actually concentrate before you need a break? And for kids who are in elementary school, that's anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes. For kids in middle school, that's anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. And for kids in high school, that's anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes. Now, sometimes kids in high school like to hyperfocus. The danger of hyperfocus is that it depletes Um, the glucose system in the brain, and the brain starts to experience it as stress. So even after a period of hyper-focusing, you know, really solid concentration of 45 minutes to an hour, the brain needs a break. It needs at least a five-minute break. And so after those agreed-upon work periods, decide what you're going to do for that five-minute break in between, between one one work period and a second one 
within the course of uh, like a, a designated time. So what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say is if you decide that work is from 10 to 11:15, and there are three 20 minute work blocks and three five minute bathroom breaks, snack breaks, body breaks, then that's what you're going to do. Right. And maybe yeah. you can check your phone during that time. If you're, if you're a kid who can get off the phone. So we want to try to really create the structure that makes sense for your kid and for your family. Yeah, and I think that uh, just to – we're talking about kind of an ideal world out there a little bit because, I, you know, this is – it sounds really good in theory, but, like, I mean, some of you, if you're working from home, like when I'm here, I'm on the phone. Like sometimes on a Wednesday, I'm on phone for 12 hours um, with clients that I'm kind of dealing with. And when the kids are there, it's kind of disruptive if I'm on the phone and they're standing next to me. And I just want to acknowledge that, that you know, you do what you can. You, you batch things around, try to move some stuff around or, or be in and out of rooms and stuff like that because – you, now you have two things that are in conflict. You're needing to be on the phone. Your kid might be need some quiet, yet they need to be in the room. Again, this is really problem solving. Do the best you can at some of this stuff. Um, maybe move calls around where you have more talking, and maybe that's the time where your kid has some screens time. But this is a fluid thing, I think, Sharon, that you really you have to kind of deal Absolutely. with as best you can. Absolutely. That, that, that's the, an excellent the, point. That's a, yeah, I mean, I think that's an excellent point. And the other thing is that kids could listen to the music while they're um, yep. working. And a lot of kids like to listen to music and to have their headphones, and that could be something, <clears throat> excuse me, novel for them and fun that would sort of make this home work time a little bit more interesting than just sitting down at the table with you next to them. And if they're all listening to music, you might be able to have a phone, a phone call at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to go to the break. I want to come back. I want to continue this conversation, but I also want to bring in the emotional side of this. ADHD is an issue of self-regulation. Mm. We're talking about regulated attention, but there's also <clears throat> when you're with family members, particularly <laughs> when college or, or, or my son's around a lot more than he normally is um, and, and things going back, sometimes uh, fuses can get a little bit short. So I want to kind of cover that. Um, everybody, again, go check out Sharon's website at Dr. Um, SharonSeline.com. Her first Facebook page is Facebook.com forward slash DR Sharon Celine. And our, our secret word tonight is well. Again, our secret word is well. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an EDGE coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. 
Just call Dick Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We are uh, sharing thoughts uh, mindsets to kind of help you manage uh, the challenges of uh, ADHD family at home, working, living together. Uh, we've been talking about exercise, routine. We're talking about screen time. Um, and before the break, I alluded to this. You know, Sharon, these times where families kind of close together and you have ADHD and people get tired or grumpy or they get frustrated or they get bored. And some, quite honestly, I think, get afraid of what's going on because they haven't experienced. So emotions can really start to flare here, which can really be a, a, a bit of a challenge. What are your thoughts on managing that through all this? Well, Jeff, you know, I think the the five C's of ADHD parenting, which I write about in my book, and it's sort of the foundation of all the work I do, the very first C is self-control. Um, and then we have compassion, collaboration, consistency, and celebration. And so I think those first C's are really, those first two C's are really important right now, self-control and compassion. And I want to speak about compassion first. This is a very difficult time for adults. And uh, our adult brains, our mature adult brains, are having trouble wrapping themselves around what's going on in our country and in our world right now. We, we are working from home if we can. If we can't, we're, we're concerned about how we're going to pay our bills, what we're going to do for our, um, to get food and, and, and manage uh, in the course of this, uh, you know, very odd um, sequestering and, 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 and unemployment. Um, so, so I think we are much more stressed out than we normally are. Um, this means that we're going to have less patience for our kids. So we have to be compassionate with ourselves and understand that we're struggling. We also have to be compassionate with kids whose lives have been completely turned upside down and who don't have the fully developed, um, you know, capacity to understand, nor should they be exposed to, the, the real um, sort of frightening aspects uh, of the dangers of what we're living with. Um, what I think is helpful is to remember that we're in this together and to be able to say to your kids, this is, this, this is scary for you, it's scary for me. And that means that we're all going to be a little more reactive to each other. So we have to make a plan for self-control. And what I mean by that is we have to expect that we're going to be stressed out, we, or that we're going to snap with each other, that we're going to need some time apart. I was talking with one family yesterday about structuring quiet alone time every day, you know, where the family is just doing their own thing and not interacting with each other so that they have a break um, and some sense of, of being able to be with themselves, whether that's reading, whether that's listening to music, whether that's gaming or, um, you know, surfing the net. It doesn't really matter. The issue is that people can actually be with themselves. One of the things that I, I've been playing with recently is the notion that emotions are very much a reflex 
there were kind of an automatic response to think think about you're in the doctor's office and he hits you with that little knee and your leg flips up in order for your not, leg not to flip up you've got to be kind of prepared before it happens and consciously kind of like hold your leg so that it doesn't kind of go up and we're in this environment that plan of you know, of control and stuff is there but i think sometimes it's worth realizing at the beginning of the day is stopping and having pausing and being conscious of that going through the day, because if you're not, when your leg gets kicked, you're going to have that or something's going to happen and you're going to flare up. So there's two sides of it. One is to be conscious and aware of it through the day. But the other one is if it does happen to be quick to apologize to those that are involved and actually acknowledge these are stressful times. I didn't really mean it and try to resolve it um, once it does happen as a means to kind of keep everybody kind of, on, on the same playing field. What are your thoughts of that about it's a reflex and that you know, to be aware of it almost to start the day, whether it's sitting uh, and having a couple of breaths to yourself and, or uh, periodically to kind of center yourself and feel your body and take an inventory of how you're feeling. Thoughts on that? Well, of course. I think self-awareness, meditation, mindfulness are, are, are essential skills for all of us. And during this time, even more so, perhaps you as a perhaps people could do that in the morning when they wake up. That's when I do it. I use Headspace or um, Insight um, has a a good website and you can do meditations with people from all around the world um, who will some of them are for free and some you pay a small fee. And I know that that helps me kind of get centered each day and who I am and who I want to be. I think for families, it's good to have a plan to manage when things go off. What mm-hmm. is the the plan for when people's um, temperatures start to rise? You know, I do talk about this on my website and in my book, uh, the Stop, Think, Act. You call pause in the action for 10 minutes. You decide in advance what that pause is, will look like. What are the activity options? What helps people calm down? Then you come back together and you, you review how you might have liked to have responded instead of the way you did or um, what, what you could do differently next time. And then um, you move into what is the next right thing? What is the action we're going to take that's going to move us forward? And whether that's making amends by giving a, a genuine apology or doing something nice for someone when you've you know, kick them in the leg or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sometimes kids will do, um, you know, but to have some sort of family agreement about that. I also encourage families right now or couples to do what I call take back of the day, where you're allowed to say one thing that you can take back. <laughs> you wish you did okay. it. It's your take back of the day. And that gives people, you know, it gives them like a free pass, you know, Monopoly where you could get out of jail free, one of those cards. It's that kind of thing. It's like, ugh, I wish I hadn't said that. It's my take back of the day. Everybody's everybody's wound a little tight right now. Let's have a chance to have a take back. So we could probably go on for like hours and hours on end, but just for the brevity of this, because everybody's kind of busy. I think I'd like, like we're circling back to kind of where we began. This is really unprecedented waters, difficult territory. And you started talking about being compassionate, being compassionate to your kids, being compassionate to yourself. This is a very, 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 very challenging time. And there's no easy way around this, but it does take 
the, the, to stop, be compassionate with yourself and realize everybody's doing the best that they can. It's all changing in, like daily. Who knows what the, the future is going to bring? But the best thing you can do is just stay centered, try to be as calm as you can and deal with the, the ball as it's played. You could say woulda, shoulda, coulda, but you've got to deal with the, what's in front of it. And that, I think that compassion is really, really, really important. And I think that's kind of what you're saying because that's in your C's, that's kind of where you started, if I remember correctly. Exactly. Right. We want to practice self-control. We, we can expect that we're going to get dysregulated. All adults right now are going to be dysregulated. Kids will be dysregulated. We expect that a little bit more from kids, but we need to expect that from ourselves. And so it's good to take a few minutes right now when this podcast is, is over to think about what helps you calm down. And how can you incorporate that into your day so that when you feel those bodily signals that you're getting stressed or you're going to lose it, you can step outside, get a glass of water, go to the bathroom and, and wash your hands, pull out a downward dog, you know, listen to your favorite <laughs> to- song, breathe, do not alternate nostril breathing, whatever it is that works for you, because um, you, you you have to. Uh, you know, um, manage yourself first. It's like the oxygen mask on a plane. Absolutely. So, Nina, wrap this up. Any final thoughts or tips before we uh, call it a day? Sure. You know, you mentioned compassion, and I think we have to really work right now to accept ourselves where we are and accept our kids. Everybody's trying to do the best they can with the limited resources we have available right now. And for, for, for adults who live with ADHD and for kids who live with ADHD in particular, um, managing big feelings is often a, 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 a typical challenge. And right now it could be an even bigger challenge. So give yourself some time and space to reflect and create a plan of what you want to do when those big feelings arise. There you go. Uh, Sharon, I thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been very helpful. Thank you so much for having me. As usual, Jeff, it's great to talk with you, and you ask great questions. Absolutely. For everybody, go check out Sharon's website. It's uh, D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-I-N-E.com. Check out our Facebook page. Our secret word tonight again as well. And with that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.